1: Ladies and gentlemen, another very special guest in studio with us. Thank you for joining us here on the Make It Plain podcast. This gentleman is an actual relative of the infamous Roy Cohn. So we're going to pray for him. We <laughs> might start now. <laughs> Journalist Dave Marcus is here with us. Thank you for coming in to see us. Thank Dave, you. how and are I, you, man?
2: And, and I should just tell you that, my grandmother always said you're not to blame for your family. You can be, stand by them or you can dislike them, but you're not to blame for them. Indeed, indeed. Well, again, thank you for coming by. So
1: tell us how – tell the audience how you're related. You're a cousin, right?
2: Sure. And also tell your audience a little bit about him because he was nefarious. He was horrible. But I find that people under 40 or 45 years old often right. do not know about Roy M. Cohn. So Roy M. Cohn, Roy Cohn was a lawyer, but he was much more than that. He was a fixer. He was a person who – helped mafiosos. He helped the Catholic Church. He helped a wide variety of people, usually not in court, although he was technically their lawyer. But more important to today's discussion is he was the mentor to one Donald Trump, unfortunately. So my dad was his first cousin. My dad refused to speak to Roy Cohn after they were teenagers. He despised him. He wouldn't go near him. And I grew up with that ethos, that view, which was correct. However –
1: Wait a did, did anything in particular happen? Did your dad tell you when they were teenagers? That's a young age to stop speaking. To My
2: dad was very progressive, and he just sensed that Roy okay. was a phony in those days. Not that he was conservative in those days. We are from a Democratic family in New York. Roy was nominally, was supposedly a Democrat, but he quickly kind of left that behind. My dad sensed that before it even happened. So I grew up with parents who refused to go to parties where he was, refused to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But— I was a journalist, I wanted to be a journalist, so in college I went to interview him about one of the many, many parts of history he influenced and he screwed up for the rest of us, frankly, and that was the Rosenberg trial. So I'll just refresh your audience's memories. Julius and Ethel Ethel Rosenberg were, if anything, really, frankly, I think bit players in a scheme to let the Soviet Union have some atomic energy, uh, atomic weapons secrets. But because of Roy Cohn, who was a young prosecutor, 23 years old, they were put to death in Sing Sing. And that was the start of his career, his nefarious career.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the Rosenbergs were talking about, uh, they were accused of of spying, of espionage. The interesting thing about it is there's that, what I thought you were going to say too. I, I I wonder which is more which is he more infamous for, the Rosenbergs or the McCarthy hearings. Cattle kind of runs neck and neck, doesn't it?
2: Right. And then I then he went on to something else I interviewed him about, which is the Army McCarthy hearing. So right. basically, the Roy was working also in his twenties for a senator from Wisconsin named Joseph McCarthy mm-hmm. who was Frankly, a drunkard who was not especially smart, talented senator, but he, Senator McCarthy, hitched his wagon to this sort of anti-communist and anti-gay fervor in the 1950s, and he needed a bright whippersnapper to go in and and do his dirty work. And so Roy Cohn was that. Ultimately, there was this hearing, and they got, they were shamed. uh, McCarthy was censured by the Senate. But Roy, amazingly, after this, this these hearings in 1950s, mid-1950s, reinvented himself, left Washington, came to New York, and had this whole other career, which will lead us to today, unfortunately. You mentioned, too,
1: it obviously happened that he comes to New York, and he was a mob attorney, correct? So to just so people can kind of get a visual, he was kind of like Tom Hagen in The Godfather, correct?
2: Well, yes, but it was a weird thing. He was a little bit of Tom Hagen, is a little bit of... Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else who can even think of the, besides the devil, but <laughs> that's probably not a bad comparison. He was a divorce attorney. He was a, he was a business attorney. He helped Stein, George Steinbrenner, the owner of the Yankees. He helped the Studio 54 owners, uh, Schrager and Rubel, although he actually did a terrible job for them, and they went to, they went to prison. But he was involved in all kinds of stuff. And we'll, our time is short, and I'm sure your listeners care about – What's going on these days? So we'll just say in the early 1970s, he was at Lee Club, which was kind of a hangout in the city in those days. Mm -hmm. And there was a young, brash guy named Donald Trump there who had heard of Roy Cohn and asked him for some advice. And that was years ago in the early 1970s. But it started a relationship that has brought really, really detrimental, really, really horrible uh, uh, events to, to all of us. Well,
1: let's let's get into that a little bit. Um, how, as we look at Donald Trump today with all he's doing, how do we see your cousin's influence manifest?
2: Okay, so my horrible cousin taught Donald Trump a key lesson, which is deny, well, actually not just one lesson, but three lessons. Deny if anybody goes after you and then to attack them even right. harder right. and three obfuscate so confuse the heck out of the scenario now that actually happened when they first met that that's the lesson that Roy taught Donald that first time they met Donald said hey i've heard of you i got all these establishment lawyers and they don't really they're not really helping me because the us justice department is going after me roy said oh why are they're going after you mm-hmm. well i own this housing in queens and they're saying Correctly, actually. They're saying that I'm denying housing to black people. And so Roy said, well, you know, you shouldn't listen to your lawyers. You got to go after the Justice Department. So they started talking. And sure enough, even though the Justice Department was right, even though there was paperwork showing that Donald Trump was denying housing to black people, Roy had Donald file a hundred million dollar lawsuit against the Justice Department. Now, do you think Trump won? Of course, he didn't win, but the he still got thrown s- out, too. Didn't he? Right. right? But he ended up settling with the Justice Department mm-hmm. quietly. But Trump, through Roy Cohn, portrayed that as a victory, and he even said that when he was debating Hillary Clinton three years ago. He said, "Well, I didn't get you know, I didn't get caught. I didn't get. I didn't. I wasn't guilty. But that's because they settled out of court. Right. That is quintessential Trump today.
1: And and he learned that from Roy Cohn.
2: He unfortunately learned that from Roy Cohn.
1: Deny, attack, obfuscate. Yep. Um, so, folks, that's, that's where it comes from.
2: So you interviewed him. Um, when, when was that? How, so I, I interviewed Roy about the Rosenberg case and also about the McCarthy case in the 1980s. In the 1980s. Now, the, the – well, actually, probably 1980 was the first time I really interviewed him. Now, I had a grandmother, as I mentioned, who loved people in our family and – did not want to get involved in politics so in the 70s i went to parties with my grandmother okay my parents didn't go and roy Cohn actually hosted an annual birthday party for my grandmother my grandmother went to his birthday party where you would see the likes of andy warhol and later Donald trump and norman mailer and sort of the society folks of new york and so i was intrigued but i was never i was never dumb i was never naive about the fact that he was a just a heinous person
1: so uh you you interacted with him prior to the interview
2: Right, I interview. I did see him at family functions, and then skipping forward to 1985, he was in the news again and again and again. You know, he had represented John Gotti and mob figures, as you said. He'd been all over the news, and at this time, he seemed sick. People weren't sure what was going on, so I asked to follow him around for a magazine story for Vanity Fair, and he told me he was dying of liver cancer. Of course, everybody pretty much knew it. It was AIDS, and so I interviewed him many, many, many times in those year in that year of his that last year before he died in nineteen eighty six. Was he gay? Well, that's the interesting thing. So that you, you know, when you have to take people back, because again, your younger audience doesn't realize this. These days, I don't know. I think people are pretty. You are what you are in this country, and your 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 beliefs and your and your your personal style, but. In the 1950s when he really kind of came into scene in the 60s, 70s, 80s, it was not cool and not acceptable to be a gay right. lawyer and especially a gay prosecutor. And so he hid it but in a weird way. Like everybody I was at parties, it was pretty obvious, you know, like he had young companions all the time, but nobody sort of spoke about it. And it helped him that he befriended an Australian media guy named Rupert Murdoch who owned mm-hmm. the New York Post and mm-hmm. owned TV station then, and other publications, other places, and Rupert Murdoch did would never let anybody say that Roy was gay, and so it was one of the biggest media uh, moguls was keeping that secret even through Roy's death.
1: So it would also stand the reason as well, because your cousin, because of his experience with the Rosenbergs and with McCarthy, would probably frown... Upon donald trump's relationship with a former KGB agent one Vladimir putin isn't that so safe to
2: assume thank you for pointing out that is my thesis and I wrote about right. that for Politico magazine and even though Roy would have no problem with Trump getting help stealing elect election elect votes with he'd have no problem with him um, putting really people who are dubiously qualified into judicial positions, destroying environmental regulations, cracking down on civil, oh, cracking down, just ignoring civil rights abuses. He, Roy, had only one real belief, I think, and that was that he distrusted the Russia, the Soviet Union, and he would be very wary, I think, of Trump, I, I want to use a word that's not the the verb I don't usually use, um, uh, Puckering up to Vladimir Putin. Your cousin died. In what year again? <laughs> I hate it when you say my cousin, but I guess that's why I'm here. <laughs> I mean, again, he, you know, he he was he was my cousin, but he was just disgusting and despicable. But he died in 1986, and to the end, he died. He denied he was gay. Yes. So, because let me tell you what's interesting about that.
1: There has been ample reporting that Russia began to cultivate Donald Trump uh, as early um, and, and as, you know, obviously an, an unwitting asset. Um, and I will be very careful not to say he's an agent because people will sue you for that. See, Dave, somebody said, uh, you, Dave Marcus, you and Mark Thompson are Russian agents. We will probably laugh. But I would he laugh. likes to sue people, mm-hmm. which kind of methinks thou doth protest too much kind of yep. like melania yep when people say she was a, f- a former escorter hooker yep. she'll say, they say dave you and mark are former hookers okay uh that's ridiculous and then you go on with life right we wouldn't and then she actually shows them but that's a whole other thing okay so <laughs> <laughs> i like that you know i'm saying folks if people you know how many of y'all get called names out there and you don't sue because of it because it's not true okay uh but if it's true maybe sue the the reports are Uh, I want to be clear, asset, not agent, that cultivation began 86, 87. So I'm thinking about your, uh, well, I'll stop saying your cousin. I'm thinking about uh, Mr. Cohn, Attorney Cohn. He's gone. So I would now even beg to wonder if he had been alive and healthy and still at Donald Trump's side, would Russia or the Soviet Union have been able to cultivate him in the first place
2: You know that's a really interesting question and I've wondered about that now remember that the Soviet Union Russia was imploding in the late 1980s they yeah. finally the, the things came home to roost they really didn't have money the cold war was kind of was you know about to end so Roy would not have approved that I I am fascinated by this and I wonder why nobody really talks about this among politicians and and media figures what is it? What does Russia have on Trump? When did this start? Why is he so he will go after Elizabeth Warren, he'll go after Bernie Sanders, he'll go after Democrats, he'll go after Americans, he'll go after the best people we have. And and yet, I mean, Representative Cummings, right? And yet he will never ever say anything derogatory about Vladimir Putin. What is going on? And why doesn't why doesn't anybody care about that? I don't know when it started. I don't know what they have on him, but there's something really strange about that. Let him sue me. I would love that because as Roy proved, sometimes the best publicity is any publicity, and I would love to go out and publicize the fact that we have a person in the White House who is not patriotic. Now, Roy's gravestone said he was a a patriot. That was a word he wanted on on his gravestone. He was not a patriot either. He ruined American <laughs> institutions. He went after the army. He went after good people in the State Department, saying that they were gay. That was part of what was called the lavender scale. The lavender scare. He enabled Trump. So he wasn't a patriot. Nor is Donald Trump. Nor is Paul Manafort, who's in jail, worked for him. Nor is Roger Stone, who uh, who Roy trained and then who went to work for for um, for. Trump, and you cannot tell me that Rudy Giuliani skulking around the Ukraine, skulking around these countries, doing damage to our foreign policy, that he's a patriot either. Why isn't anybody speaking up about that?
1: It, it also seems Giuliani is mimicking Roy Cohn as well.
2: I oh mean, my with,
1: with the deny, attack, obfuscation. He's doing that literally while, and it's typical, uh, Trump is being held to account. Giuliani is being held to account. So they go right back into. The lions, then it's like you and I go rob a bank after this broadcast, and then they don't catch us. But we go back to the bank tomorrow
2: and just hang out there. I mean, he's that's what he's literally doing in Ukraine. Or yeah, I mean, you and I go rob a bank with the cameras on, with everybody <laughs> seeing it, and then they, we got busted. And we say, well, we were just going for these. They were giving away these lollipops, and they were just terrible. You know, what right. about the fact that they don't have good lollipops? These are garbage. These are these are made in China. These lollipops. That's what it is. Like. Nobody's paying attention to what's in front of their naked eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that's 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 quite problematic. Yeah, you, it would seem that that Giuliani has has studied from um, whatever Donald Trump has taught him by Roy Cohn. You mentioned Roger Stone, right? So um, he taught Roger Stone as well. When would that have happened in the timeline? When, would, well, when did they interact? I
2: happened to be there as you would say, at my cousin's office. So my so Roy Cohn <laughs> had a townhouse on the Upper East Side, which he also lived in. It was an odd kind of thing that the IRS was skeptical about. It was sort of office, sort of home, sort of neither. And I was there a couple times in the 1980s when early 80s, when uh, actually late 70s. No, let's see. I was there in the early 80s when Ronald Reagan was running for office and Roger Stone was there. And he was really just like an advanced man for the Reagan campaign And Roy befriended him, and Roy tutored him and mentored him. And Roger Stone has talked about this. And so Roger Stone was, you know, not anything significant back then, but he became – he learned the art of Roy Cohn. He learned the art of lying. He learned the art of obfuscation. And not surprisingly, he went on to work for Trump.
1: Yeah, and and that's exactly what's going on. Uh, They even seem to – be involved in a ritual that would vindicate richard nixon you know did, did Cohn and nixon have a relationship
2: uh, roy Cohn did like nixon and roger stone you know who's tattooed on yeah, of roger, course yeah, yeah richard yeah. nixon is tattooed on him i mean this goes back to this kind of lying and this kind of um subverting the democratic process does go back to nixon and you know roy Cohn had no problem with it donald trump savors it. He enjoys yeah, it. He doesn't yeah. care about democracy. He doesn't care about the Constitution. He wouldn't even be able to tell you the tw- two sentences from the Constitution. So,
1: in, in answer to your question about what Russia has on him, I think at the very least we can speculate that it's money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been in their pockets. From what you know about your cousin, <laughs> Um would there have been any amount of money or any financial arrangement whereby he would have gone into an alliance with Trump and with then the Soviet Union later to be Russia?
2: That I would say no. But remember, when Roy Cohn, since Roy Cohn died in 1986, Trump was just putting up Trump Tower. He just put that up. He's just putting up buildings. He was just sort of coming into power and 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 having real estate to sell to. Shady investors, and that the shady investor part came after. Trump had a lot of condos to sell, a lot of places, a lot of hotels in some strange countries, but that all kind of happened after Roy was dead. So I will tell you, not unequivocally, you never know, but I'll tell you that Roy was not involved in any way to anything I've ever seen in connecting Trump with Russia. However, he taught Trump the basics, because remember, Roy represented mafiosos, so when Trump had to put up buildings in New York in those days, in the 80s, let's not be naive. You need a little bit of, uh, you know, back and forth with, with the mob. who They controlled certain unions. They controlled certain industries. And Roy made those introductions. There's no doubt about it. And, again, Trump can sue me about that, but it's, it's widely known and it's been reported that Trump had deals with mafiosos. But if Cone is playing
1: with the big boys, he's with the mob, he's having parties with the— creme de la creme of high society in New York. Why would he even be attracted or intrigued by Donald Trump? What would even draw him to Donald Trump?
2: That also has fascinated me because Roy had a lot of friends who were already powerful. Right. So as I said, you know, he hung out with, and, with Andy Warhol and Norman Mailer and people like that. And he he knew all the Mike Wallace and the, the sort of the big journalists at the time. He uh, Stanley Friedman, who was a borough president of, of uh, the Bronx, I believe. He was a partner of Roy's, but Roy also had an eye for sort of people who were up and coming. So that's why he recognized that Murdoch, before Murdoch was a household name, and before Murdoch was, gave birth to the, the Fox News, which I will not even talk about, He re, Roy recognized that, that Murdoch was somebody to reckon with. And Roy saw in Donald sort of an, an image of a, almost like a son and almost like a – Acolyte and almost like a mentee, someone who would listen to him and glom onto his words and take his lessons, and and go after power. And he found that in in Trump. Unfortunately for all of us,
1: you mentioned the lavender scare. So here we have one who many believe to be a closeted gay man going after other gay people. Mm-hmm. That's problematic too. Uh, we also know. I mean, as you opened, he defended or countersued the government for charging the Trumps with discrimination. Roy Cohen was also, I read, involved in a lawsuit against Martin Luther King Jr. and other civil rights leaders. So, uh, and he was Jewish too, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you have all of this going on. Mm -hmm. He clearly um, was homophobic mm-hmm. and was he was racist too to some extent wasn't and he was
2: anti-semitic he was he was a jewish guy who who was afraid who was embarrassed to be jewish he my family had progressives who were who were involved in the civil rights movement right roy did not did could not countenance that he was he hated who he was he was gay and he was jewish he hated that he wanted to be someone else and so look you you said you have a saying which is thou doth protest too much. right? So who do you go after? You go after people who are like you. Who does Trump go after? Trump goes after people who are, quote, liars, who are, quote, cowards. Well, let's talk about Trump's uh, military service record. Let's talk about Trump's, and, and Trump goes after corrupt people all the time, right? Let's talk about his cesspool of corruption. So sometimes people who are afraid of themselves, or who want to deny what they are, will lance. Will they'll they'll launch the same accusations at other people, the same scare words or the same swear words, or they'll go after people who are like them. And that's just that's a psychology that I just don't even understand.
1: But even in your family, if if the rest of your family wasn't like that, how did Roy turn out that way?
2: You know, Roy's dad was a judge. He was a Democrat, a democratically appointed judge. His mom, Dora Marcus Cohn who was the sister to my grandma, was a Democrat. And I will tell you, that's why I said that he, Roy, kind of fervently hated Russia and believed that Russia was evil, but he didn't believe in anything else. He was a Democrat, a registered Democrat for his most of his life, if not all of his life, and yet he sided with really arch conservatives who were hateful, vile, spiteful people that were not like anybody in my family. He was an anomaly.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Was that? What do you think that was? Was that because of money? I I think you just you know, you're asking me to to sort of do some some sort of armchair okay. slash kind of subway riding psychology, <laughs> which I do all the time about him. I think that he was a small runty guy, um, the product of a very unhappy marriage between his parents, okay. and he his mother doted on him. She never thought she got married. She never thought she'd have kids, and she doted on him. And he just realized, in this weird, flukish way of his, TV was just coming in in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. He realized mm-hmm. that there was something about being famous that he could he could do. It wasn't about ideology. It wasn't about really hating, you know, American communists. It was like he found a ticket to be on TV at the right. Army McCarthy hearings, and and starting that, there was 40 years of him being in the news.
1: And and clearly, those McCarthy hearings were kind of like. The Fox News of today before there was a Fox News sensationalism on television and he was right smack dab in the middle of it
2: Right, but he he actually screwed up everything because it's a complicated story But Roy had this friend named G. David Shine and he was trying to protect him and get him not He didn't want to become a private in the army in the 50s and so He went, Roy and McCarthy, Senator McCarthy, went after the Army. And ultimately, the whole thing boomeranged back on them and ruined them. McCarthy ended up, as I said, being discredited completely, dying of liver failure. Uh, He was a drinker. Roy amazingly got out and survived. And G. David Schein moved away and never was heard from again publicly.
1: Yeah. Um, Do other family members Acknowledge him as a relative, or are you the only one who kind of publicly does that.
2: Uh, I'm the only, am I the only one? And, st- and, and stupid? clearly,
1: <laughs> and clearly, you only do it to a certain extent because you don't like to be called his cousin. So, but <laughs> right,
2: am I the only one stupid enough to? I, I kind of kept quiet about this for many years, and then what happened was I had written this Vanity Fair story, which mercifully kind of was in some archives somewhere, and then. Trump was running for president and I like many sensible people said this guy is never going to win because I'm a New Yorker I've met him right. with Roy I know his history there's right. no way this country is going to vote for him but a couple of reporters called me for comment about you know his relationship with Roy they were digging into him, and initially I said no because I just want to sort of move on from that but then ultimately I felt it was you know I'm, I don't this sounds kind of highfalutin but I th- I felt it was my civic duty to talk about <laughs> and speak right. out and talk about the lessons that Roy taught Trump because to understand Trump, to defeat Trump, you have to know what makes him tick. You have to know who taught him what he does. And that's it. So most of my family, s- wisely, does not talk about him, does not acknowledge him. But I, I – and I don't, I don't disparage. I don't disagree with that. But I think right now, if you have inside knowledge of, of how Trump works – you have to tell people this country is ignorant about history. This country is ignorant about politics. This country does not want to know deep, important things. Nobody that I know who's under 45 has any idea what the Army McCarthy fan- hearings were really about, what damage Roy Cohn did to State Department, good, hardworking people at the State Department, good, hardworking people who, who were toiling in government trying to do things right. Now, fast forward to now, guess what? They're doing the same thing in Washington. They're destroying diplomats and people who work not for a lot of money because they believe in this country because they don't trust Russia.
1: Yeah. Uh, To defeat Donald Trump, we have to know him. To know him is to know your cousin Roy Cohn. So if you know him, how do we defeat him? I mean, we know what his tactics are, so how do we counter, deny, attack, obstruct in, from your point of
2: view. Good, thank you. That's something people have not asked me very much, but I happen to be kind of mulling around, uh, thinking about a piece that I I started a while ago that I want to finish. Roy Cohn. What have you doing, man? Why
1: are you did finish with it? Well, you, I'm, I too I'll busy, tell you. you because, busy talking. Too talking. Busy talking. No, because I have to.
2: I have to. I want to make sure I'm giving myself a reality check, and okay. you and your listeners can do the same thing. Here's my gut, Mark. Okay. I I really believe this. So, Roy Cohn. Was in the fanciest of the parties. He had a Rolls Royce, actually two Rolls Royces. He had wow. a house on off Park Avenue. He had a place he used in Palm Beach. He had a place, some places he used in in Mexico and Acapulco and places like that when they were hot places because he knew people. He flew on private planes, but 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 at the end in 1986, Roy Cohn, the person who could never be defeated by anything like Trump was defeated. He was disbarred. The New York Bar Association took away his his license to practice law, which was a, a for him it was a humiliating thing. And why was it? He was because he he cheated, he lied and they finally finally made the case they've been trying for years but it caught up with him. Okay. So this is karma, I think this and this, is what, this applies to Trump, I hope. And his friends abandoned him, number two, because he was disbarred and he was discredited, including one Donald J. Trump, by the way, who who basically treated him as toast at the end of his life because he was he was not useful anymore. He was disbarred. Number that was number two. Number three, the IRS seized put liens on his property and, and went to seize his property. And number four, Roy Cohn, who denied any any significant health problems, died of AIDS. So Ultimately, this man who rode, who strode through history and wreaked havoc everywhere, like Trump, was was everything, there was a confluence, everything came to, to discredit him, to embarrass him, to humiliate him, to isolate him, and ultimately to kill him. So I'm not saying that's going to happen the same way to Trump, but I can tell you that I think somehow there's karma that, that people, Trump... He's a manipulator. He's transactional. He's used workers and hasn't paid them. He's uh, taken his own people who go to the White House and work 20 hours a day and treat them like garbage. And I think and – he's, and he's discredited the FBI. He's going after military generals. I think that somehow that's going to – it's going to come to haunt him.
1: So you think it will catch up with him?
2: That's what I'm writing about. Now you're going to ask me when. I don't know when, but I'm I'm telling you, I think it could happen before January
1: 2021. Wow. Wow. All right, Dave Marcus. Um, Where can people find you and read you these days and keep up with you?
2: Okay, so I am Twitter Marcus Dave. I sort of kept my opinions to myself a little bit about this stuff because I'm doing some writing. But my website is DaveMarcus.com, and you can reach me through that. Not David. And not Roy Cohn, and not cousin, but Dave Marcus M A R C U S dot com. You say you're doing this right. Working on a book? I have written a couple of books about education. That's really my passion. I think the education system in this country is abysmal, and I think we have shortchanged public education. And I've had some inquiries about writing other books. So I'm just not sure. I I, I mean, I, I, I was
1: wondering if you were writing a book about
2: Roy have, Cohn. I have had front. the offer, and I so far I have not done that because why? You know, I I. It's a tough thing I want to talk about him speak out about him but I want to move away from him and also I don't know if there's anything really new to be said in the book length about him but certainly in 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 articles and podcasts and everything else but I'm I'm pondering
1: because there's a whole industry of Trump books now you could offer something that no one else is able to offer you know I mean even you know the whole deny attack obstruct you know, <laughs> the Dow of Cone to Trump, something like that. You know what I mean? I, I mean, so I, I would recommend you think about that.
2: you want to be my editor? I might need one. Sure. <laughs> I, I'd be I, happy to. I have thought about that, and I'll tell you, and I do think, as as we've talked about, to understand somebody who is truly a bad person, truly damaging to innocent people, you have to know, what is in his soul you have to know where he learned his lessons and yeah. so i've thought about that
1: yeah dave marcus uh, thank you um y- y- your parents are they still around or they- my mom is and oh, my mom my mom's
2: still When when roy cohen's name comes up she still curses
1: oh okay so i'm sh- she's watching all of this stuff happen and
2: she's she's just devastated but she my mom you know has been was out in the front lines and you know, we used to when I was a little kid, we like go to Black Panther marches when we would go march for peace in Vietnam. Right. When I was a little kid, and my mom seeing what's going on in this country is just so saddened.
1: Yeah, um, when she sees that and when you see what's going on, do you immediately think about Roy and his enabling of that?
2: I, I can't help it because you know, here's Paul I mean Roger Stones on he've he been on the news he've been in the news a lot and and Paul Manafort who learned lessons from from Roy indirectly and Trump and the Trump kids and the 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 amount of, of chicanery and the amount of corruption the amount of greed it's just it's just it's just reprehensible and Roy Roy learned how to master the media he learned how to use people he learned how to as I said to to dodge and obfuscate and and and, and change the topic and he didn't have Twitter. Trump has basically taken the Roy Cohn lessons in the age of Twitter and just uses them on steroids. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Dave Marcus, thank you, man. Thank you for stopping in and sharing that history with us. Very enlightening. I think we know a little bit more about how Trump and why Trump functions the way he functions. You
2: know, keep reading, keep thinking about it. We got. We have to be much smarter in this country and much more serious and much more, much more up in arms.
0: Thank you, man. Appreciate Thank you.